Good morning and welcome to The Queen is Dead. This is your hostess with the most is Marissa Maron. Guys, the last one that I recorded was June the 30th. It is July 20-something. It's almost been a month. It's been like three weeks, a month. I am never going to go that long again. <clears throat> but it has been such a transition from... Like just filling orders every day, even though we're still we're still getting a lot of pre order orders. Shout out to everybody that's still pre ordering. Um, but just being back at the store again, it's like it's just it's been such a transition to just be back there again, and you know when people come in, and then that kind of takes you away from what you're doing, and so we've just been so busy and then of course I'm standing on my feet all day and that has been a challenge um but I'm gonna start off a little bit different today I know I start off with my queen quote but today I'm gonna start off with my queen meme (laughs) this one I posted on my personal social media my personal is my Facebook that's the one that I play around with my Instagram always has to be just about juice and soap and shit. Um, it says, have y'all ever met someone that just lied for no reason? Walking around with diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> that one I stole. All my good memes I stole from my girl, Ophi. Ophi, at least I tell you that I'm stealing. Because some people don't tell you that they're going to steal your shit. Um, but you know... It takes a community to make everybody laugh. And so I just love that meme. Because some people are walking around with diabetes. They just lie so much. These bitches got type 2 diabetes. It is too much. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm eating a banana. Um, it's just too much. Have y'all ever known anybody like that? I know I have. I have. Oh, my God. It all started... It all started. <laughs> my little brother, who of course we don't talk to anymore, but when he was a little kid, this fucking kid would lie all the time. I think it started when he was like five. And we should have, I, I guess now that I think back, I'm like, man, I should have known he was going to be a sick motherfucker because he was always fucking lying. And he believed his own lies and he was just a little boy, right? And we would all kind of like laugh at it, right? Because I remember him, he was telling this girl, he was still a teenager. And he had this girlfriend, eventually got her pregnant. That was his baby mama. But she, I remember one time, and he would lie all the time. And the funny thing about it is that anytime he would lie around me I would always like check him and be like, bitch, why are you fucking lying? Like, why are you lying to these people? Why are you lying to this little girl? Like, what is your fucking problem? But eventually she married him and all of that stuff. And she knew like he was a fucking liar. And she knew that he'd be lying about stuff. And she would never correct him. And I'm like, why doesn't she check this motherfucker and be like, uh, you're lying? And it was crazy because I would see her and he would be saying some off the wall shit. Eventually, someone would check his ass if they knew. But sometimes it would just be stuff that me and her knew. And she wouldn't say shit. 
And she would just let him go on with the lie. And it was the craziest thing. And she would just like, she would just look at him and act, you know, like look around and just act like she didn't know that he was lying about whatever it was that he was lying about. Telling you, man, he took it into his adulthood, right? But I remember this one time when I guess she was still getting to know him. I don't think they had uh, my niece yet. And she really thought that we had family in like Africa. I mean, he was telling her the most insane fucking shit. He told her we were related to Selena. What? (laughs) Bitch, what? She brought it up to me. She's like, yeah, because y'all are related to Selena. I said, bitch, who? No, we're not. She's like, yeah, he told me that y'all are related to Selena. I'm like, bitch, no. Does girl do you see anything selena in this motherfucking house if that was our relative we'd be selena out like i'm sorry but it's crazy because those are the kind of people where it's like it's funny it's funny but then it starts to become like not so funny right it's crazy but anyway so yeah We've been back at the store. I am dying on my fucking feet all day. Okay, so just as a reminder, we're open Tuesday to Friday, 11 to 5, Saturday, 10 to 4, even though I'm I'm thinking about really changing it from 10 to 4 on Saturday to 11 to 4. So let me see, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We're open six hours a day. Dude, my feet are dying. My feet are dying at six hours a day. Like, they're just so fucking sore. Like, I don't know if I remember feeling that way with the other ones, with my boys. But this one, dude, they get sore so fucking quick, I feel. And we've gotten... Okay, so I'm not wearing tennis shoes anymore. Even though if I go somewhere and I need to, like... Dude, for the for the most far part, I'm wearing my knockoff Crocs. Like they're not even real Crocs, but <laughs> they're Crocs and they're pink and they're so ugly. And I swear I would never wear Crocs, but they're helping. But it's they still kind of hurt. Like I still do have to sit down, take breaks. The other day, I'm over there chopping and chopping, and then we do we do have those mats that you stand on. That help. They're they're like an inch thick, um, and those help out a lot. When you're standing on those mats, <clears throat> they're like these rubber mats, and they're meant for the kitchen, so you can stand up, and you know it it helps alleviate the pain in your feet and all the pressure. Um, so I wear the Crocs and I use the mat, but I still have to take breaks. So the other day, I'm over there chopping away and shit. I just had to get a chair and sit down. Like, I literally sat down in the kitchen and I chopped instead of standing because it was so painful. Like, it's just getting to the point where I'm just like, oh, my God, this is fucking this is horrible. So this Sunday I will be. So every Sunday I turn a week um, and I will be 28 weeks this Sunday. So I am on my seven month mark. And so 
I know that because I'm a C-section and this is going to be my third C-section, she doesn't want me to go any more than 38 to 39 weeks. So another 10, 11 weeks, I'll be in a hospital having this baby. So, um, God, and shout out to um, some family friends. Uh, my friend's daughter just had a baby yesterday. The little boy came. Her first one was natural. This one had to be a C-section. Dude, because he didn't want to come out. He did not want to fucking come out. Now, <clears throat> I have a lot of issues with the fact that, you know, after I had Isaiah, I watched the business of being born and I saw that they were like really just trying to, the hospital's just trying to rush you to get you out of there. And the minute you start taking long, they start to say that your baby's in distress so that they can just slice you up and get you out. So if anybody is going to be a first time mom, I really want you to do your research because they scared me into thinking that I needed to have a C-section. And you don't realize until after the fact that it it is a business and they want to cut you and get you out, cut you and get you out. And C-sections are happening more and more and more than they ever did. And <clears throat> a lot of women are still giving birth naturally, but it's a hell of a lot more C-sections than, than before. And because I think the hospital knows that what they can do is they can scare you into thinking that your baby is in distress. That's exactly what they told me. And we need to cut you up and we need to get you out of here, right? And so when I called around to find a doctor that would do a VBAC, which is the vaginal birth after the first C-section for Aiden. <clears throat> I, I I think I gave up too quickly. I called like six or seven doctors and they all said no. So I was like, man, fuck this. So Aiden had to be a C-section. And now the doctor that I have now, she said Aiden should have been a vaginal after Isaiah but now that I'm going to have my third and I'm close to 40 that I should I I I do need to have a C-section only because of my age um the fact that it's my third um because essentially I I am high risk they've got me seeing a high risk doctor on top of seeing her and the high-risk doctor is the one that does the ultrasounds and all that stuff. Um, and really, it has to do with age. It's so crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm fucking old. Like, why am I even doing this? Why? But I'm just, if you're going to have a baby, please do your research. You don't have to have a C-section. Don't let them scare you into doing that. Um, think about doing it at home. There's a lot of different options, um, but my friend's daughter, she had to have a C-section and he wouldn't come out. And when you saw the baby, he was nine pounds, 
eight fucking ounces. Like, he was huge. Oh, my God. He was so damn big. And she was itty-bitty, dude. They're all little. They are, like, super little. And that... Her daughter, oh my goodness, she already looked like she was ready to fucking bust, right? And so she's in the hospital and she was there all day long. All day long because I just was checking Facebook yesterday and and she's in the hospital and then this is happening and that is happening. Next thing you know, they're talking about, all oh, shit, emergency C-section. I'm like, no. But when you look at how big he was, it was... There was no way he was going to come out of her. I mean, he was fucking gigantic. He was 21 inches long. Nine pounds and some change. Like, he was fucking big, y'all. And I was just like, oh my God, dude. As women, we put ourselves through so much fucking shit to have a baby. It is insane. Like, I don't think people understand or realize, like, how we put our lives in jeopardy when we have a baby and we deliver. Like, it is just, it's a very dangerous thing to do. Especially if you're a woman of color or if you're black. Like, I, the infant mortality, is it the infant maternal mortality rate, I think is what it is. It's like black women are more likely to die on the operating table while giving birth than any other, any other woman. Um, And it's so sad and there's so many factors that go into it. But most of the time it's because throughout the pregnancy, they're just not heard. You hear about this, you know, angry black woman stereotype. And it really is a thing when they are pregnant and they're having a baby. Like when a when a black woman complains and says, I have this pain or this is how I feel this in my stomach or I feel this, you know, down here, whatever it is. Doctors are quick to and I don't even I don't know if they realize that they're doing it or it's just part of us being so conditioned to think and have these certain biases. Right. And. And it all does go back to conditioning, y'all, because we think that we're free to have thoughts, but the thoughts have already like we have already let these thoughts in. And I think that one way that we're controlled is by science and psychology, because that is our history. The way that we were, the way that we've talked about race for so long, and we really thought that race was a real thing, is only through science and psychology, because the people who created this country knew that the use of science and psychology would help them, would be the means to the goal, which is to cause call this create this thing called race and cause division and it has and it's worked if you really look at it that has worked because we're still arguing and talking about race to this fucking day but it really did cause issues with black women in the medical system um and just look it up y'all the numbers are very they're very scary Um, And we touched on this a little bit in college, and it's been so long, but not that long ago when I was, when I found out that I was pregnant with little Maricita, um, I started to just get on the internet again because I started to get scared for myself. 
I was just like, oh my God, this is my third C-section. Like, I'm scared. There's a fucking virus going on right now. I'm about to have a baby in a hospital and there's a fucking pandemic. So I'm looking up, you know, um, C-sections in this country and you know, the safest place to have a baby and just, oh, just, oh my God. And, um, um, and then I started looking up, <laughs> it's the craziest thing, but I started to look up the maternal mortality rate. And then I was reminded because you start to look at the numbers and it's like, whoa, this is, this is bad. Like a lot of women die on the operating table when they're giving birth like what are we doing wrong um and again <clears throat> and when you break it down even more you realize that black women are really the ones who they die at higher numbers and it's so sad and again it does it does go back to the the inception of our of our health care system here in the United States, the science and the medical community and um, the way that they felt like black people had a higher tolerance for pain. This is real, y'all. Um, it goes back to like our the science that we used before called eugenics, which was basically to say that <clears throat> black people were not human and that they had a higher tolerance for pain. So back in the day, <clears throat> when they were, you know, doing experiments or whatever, they would do experiments on black slave women without anesthesia because, again, our science here in America said that black women or black people had a higher tolerance for pain. So they would literally make incisions with no anesthesia on these women against their own will. And it really did... <clears throat> perpetuate itself and continue in the healthcare system that we see today where if a black woman goes in and she complains about pain they're like oh you'll be fine you know whereas <clears throat> if someone from another race and I don't even like to say race because there's one race and that's the human race but if someone from another uh, background goes in there and they say that they have pain. Oh, let's check her. Let's look at her. Okay, she needs to go to the hospital. Like, it's just a different way that they handle patients of color. And it's it's such a sad thing, but it still happens today, right? Like, we have so many things that we still have to work on. Um, but when I was looking at this uh, maternal mortality rate, it's, it's really, really sad. Um, and I started to scare myself. And, but you know, there was one thing that I really did like about my doctor. Her name is Dr. Higginbotham. She's off of Emancipation and Arbor Street. She is amazing. And I knew that I found the right fit. Like she is, she's funny. I remember telling everybody I had high sugar levels and my high glucose levels. Well, she said that my levels are good, but I still have um, high insulin levels. So she wants me to check my sugar every day, which is what I've been doing. So she's funny. She's, you know, she's on top of it, right? She wants you to be healthy, all this stuff. 
Um, but I remember when I first went to go see, she was highly recommended by my friend Denise. And Denise um, was like, you're going to like her. She's got a very holistic feel. Everything is natural. Like, she's got me on all these oils, la, la, la. Okay, cool. But one thing she told me when I went in there, she's like, look, sweetie, you're a little bit older. <clears throat> and you are a woman of color. Basically that I'm, I'm, you know, brown. And I'm not brown. If you know me, you see me, I'm fucking, I look like paste. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not white. And so she's like, look, we have a higher tendency to die. She's a, she's a black woman. And she goes, my job is to make sure that you don't die. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, is she reading my mind right now? Because I was, I'm telling you, man, I was all kinds of scared when I found out that I was pregnant and not just because okay, I'm having a baby right now. We're going through all of this stuff personally and all, like, all this shit's happening. I got a little six-year-old with autism who's about to be... Wait, what is today's date? Tomorrow is Aiden's birthday, y'all. July 22nd, he will be seven years old. So, my little special baby. But I I just felt like we had so much going on. I had to pull Aiden from school because it was like just too much. It was an overload and he couldn't take it. And so I, I've got him with me every day and I'm trying to like fill orders and we're, we're closed and all this shit's going on. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, man, this is this is hard. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. We can't handle this. And I was I was scared for my life. I guess you could say, because I'm like, I know that I'm fucking older. I got this third C-section. It's going to be in the same cut. <sighs> Do I want to go through this? Because <clears throat> I know that having a baby naturally is painful. It's, it's, it's crazy. But I feel like the recovery is better than having a fucking C-section, dude. It's just... It is miserable. It is miserable. Especially, it just it just hurts so much for so long. And they want you to get up and move around and okay. But then you've got this extra worry. Like, can you aggravate it so much to the point to where it, it tears open again? Like, you can. All of these things are possible if you don't sit the fuck down. And so what, what me and my husband were kind of talking about yesterday was... Who's going to be at the store after I have the baby at least for a month because I shouldn't be moving around at all. Like it takes a while and there's a lot that goes into having the store open. You know, I'm constantly getting, buying fruit, carrying watermelons it's a lot of moving around, buying boxes of this and lemon boxes of um, lemons, boxes of apples up and down, putting stuff in the car, taking stuff out. Like it's a lot of work. And right now my husband is here, but when he goes, when he leaves again and he just had a meeting at his job or not a meeting, but he went to the office the other day they're talking about things are getting ready to start picking up in August and he'll be in California for six weeks, Louisiana for two weeks or something. I don't even know. 
And um, I'm just thinking to myself, how is this going to happen, you know, without him? Because he's been so much help. He's He's been home for a month and he's been helping me a lot. Um, but these are all things that I have to think about, like, okay, who's going to be at the store for me? Who's going to do this? Who's going to take the orders? Who's going to like, it's a lot of work and, um, very stressful to even think about. But I, I, I was, I did have my concerns, you know, just the fact that, like I said, this is my third C-section. And so, um, you know, you just start thinking the worst, or at least I do. Like, I start thinking immediately. I start thinking about, okay, am I going to die? That is what I need to know. Jesus, come down. Show me my future. <laughs> because if I'm going to die, bitch, I need to know now so I can prepare. But I know I'm going to be okay. Everybody's praying for me. I'm praying for myself. I need to be positive. Because people have C-sections all the time. And I have a really good doctor who I think God put her in my path for a reason. And she she has done her homework. She is a black woman in this country. She knows that there are challenges when it comes to black and brown women, um, especially when you're having uh, a baby. She knows what the numbers look like. She made that very apparent to me. She was very straight up with me. And, um, and I, and I think that it's a good thing and I, and I'm grateful for that, um, to have a doctor who understands and who can relate. And, um, and that's why she told me, she's like, I don't want you to go any past 38 weeks, 39 weeks, because that incision is going to start to get irritated. It's going to start to, the baby's going to start to apply pressure to it. And because the baby's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that's kind of, that's what happens. And so the good thing though, is that I didn't have them like back to back. Like when I had Isaiah or when I had Aiden, Isaiah was like five, six, going on six, maybe. And then now that I'm going to have the baby, Aiden's about to be seven. He'll be seven tomorrow. So... There's a good, there's a, there's, there's some space in between. So that's good. So, and what they say is it takes the C-section incision to heal. It takes about five years for the C-section incision to like fully heal. So it's not like I was doing it like every three years because that would have been, that would have been a lot. But the good thing is that I've wait, I've waited. It's going to be seven years for my last incision. But what I will say is that <clears throat> it is starting to bother me, the incision. So even when I go see the doctor and she does the Doppler just to hear the heartbeat, um, it does. It's a little bit tender. I'm like, ooh, that kind of... It kind of hurts, so I'm already feeling, you know, a little bit of pain there. Um, and not during the day, you know, when I'm just doing my thing. It's just whenever there's a, whenever there's pressure. Um, sometimes during the day I'll feel it, <clears throat> and it's just something that I'm paying attention to. I'm not trying to scare myself, but I am aware. 
And so, and I feel the baby moving a lot around so much more and she's getting bigger and bigger. So I know that she is like kicking it and punching it. I'm telling you, I'm feeling all kinds of crazy kicks. Like it is insane. It is insane. And then I'm at the juice caboose all day. And then when we have excess juice, I'm drinking it, right? Boy, when I drink that juice, does that little girl kick? She just wakes up. She's feeling that overload. She's feeling that cold juice that the sugar's waking her up. (laughs) Like it is crazy. I'm telling you, every time I drink it, this little girl goes berserk. So, but it's, it's, it's crazy. Like this morning, this morning I woke up to kicks. Last night I fell asleep to kicks. And then I was starting to get grossed out because I could have sworn that I felt hands like there was I was getting kicks and movement from two different spots on my stomach. And I feel like further down, it was like little little movements and then further up was like big movements. So I was like, this motherfucker is kicking up and moving her hands around close to my coochie. And that fucking scared me. Because I'm like, I could feel the fingertips. (laughs) And I probably couldn't even feel the fingertips. But I am just traumatizing my... I don't know why I am so scared. Like, I'm just getting all kinds of freaked out. Like, even the thought of little hands is like... It's just fucking scaring me. I can't do it. It's too much. Because bitches are walking around with fucking diabetes. And I cannot take this shit anymore. Bitches are dying on the operating table. I cannot do this. So check this shit out. Shout out to my whole girl, Marisol. Soul. Girl, I can't with you. It's too much. So I was listening to her podcast, the Her Lounge podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I'm trying to get back on there, y'all. But I've been so fucking busy now that I'm back at, you know, back at the store. So I'll try to be, we're going to do something on Monday. I might go Friday, but it all just depends. Like I got these two recharge orders at last minute yesterday that I got to fill by today by three. It's just been crazy, but it's good. Oh my God. Look, my fucking son, my, my 12 year old sets an alarm for himself and he's not even around to fucking answer the bitch and stop it. Okay. I had to dismiss it. Okay. So. But we've been so busy at the store. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout out to Victoria. Let me not lose my track. But thank you so much, Victoria, for all of the business that your family, your Tia Kitty, shout out to Kitty, has brought me this week. I've sold, with Kitty included, probably about eight recharges in a week. Like, it's been insane. And Kitty was probably like five of them. I mean, it's it's crazy. And then I have another one for Kitty today. And then another girl that placed a, an order on um, Shopify. So shout out to her. Um, <clears throat> it's just been so fucking busy. These recharges are selling like crazy. The thing about the recharge, though, is it's a lot of fucking work, man. It is a lot of work because you're getting 12 juices, six detox waters, three smoothie bowls, three fruit bowls, and three shots. And so it's just a lot. And then to have people still coming into the store trying to get things, like, whew, it's been crazy. 
But thank you, Jesus. We're so happy that we're busy. And it's a good busy. I am not complaining at all. I'm so grateful. So shout out to Victoria. Cha-Cha's Creations, man. I appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't followed Cha-Cha's Creations, you can find them on Instagram. And hold on. Let me give that to you real quick, peoples. And I'm going to spell it. And I know how to spell it, but I'm just going to make sure. So it's C-H-A-C-H-A Creations 16. Um, and she makes all kinds of fucking shit. She's got these um, iPhone bands that she's making that are badass. I got to get... I got to get one made. I just want to do the Juice Caboose logo on there if I can. Um, she makes mugs, cups. I feel like she even makes cake toppers. She does do cake toppers. She does cake pans. Like, this girl is doing all kinds. Cutting boards. Like, she is, like, the business. Um, so, please check her out. And then, <clears throat> Kitty. Kitty also has an Instagram and hers is Wreaths and More by Kitty, W-R-E-A-T-H-S and More by K-I-T-T-Y. She is amazing. She, the wreaths that she makes are fucking beautiful. They are fucking beautiful. But we've been so busy. I'm trying to get back on the other podcast as soon as I can, because I miss Rob and I miss Mighty Soul, and these bitches are fucking crazy. So, <laughs> listening to the podcast, this was, I don't think that, I think they've already, I think there's already a new episode, but was it episode 74 that had me just fucking laughing my balls off? I couldn't take it anymore. So, They were talking about, <clears throat> and I want y'all to look it up and tell me, tell me what you think. So, they are both transgender, right? The, okay, so I'll just say it like this. The girl, the girl in the relationship, the wife, is a transgender woman. So, she used to be a man. Now, she's a woman. She's got the fake tits. You know, she's, you know, taking the what is it estrogen or just fucking hormones that she's so that he can look more like a woman or she she can be more whatever the guy in the relationship used to be a dude i mean used to be used to really be a woman but now is a now's a dude so got the tits cut off taking the hormones to sound more like a man got a full fucking beard so they decided they wanted to have a baby right so they go, they get pregnant, but the only one that can get pregnant is the one who was, is a biological female, which is the husband, right? And so, and I want y'all to look it up. I don't even know how you would Google it. Probably transgender breastfeeding, maybe on YouTube. Look that up, see what you find. Um, because, so it's this couple and it follows their like, their life, I guess, while they're trying to like have this baby. Or now while they're trying to have the baby, they're already, they show the the lady, oh God, fuck, I don't even know how to say it. The husband is giving birth because the husband was a biological female. The husband has, um, they has the baby in a pool at the house, so it's an at-home birth, right? 
the wife who is a biological male is in the pool with the husband while he's giving birth and the baby's born and they're like crying and it's such like a beautiful moment or whatever but then the crazy part is that the mom who was a biological male is trying to breastfeed the baby so she pops out her tit and she's like looking at the baby and she's like trying to breastfeed the baby and like she's crying because the baby can't can't eat and she's like telling the baby i'm your mother like why won't you eat but because I know you're the mother, right? But you're a biological male, and so you can't produce milk. And it was just the craziest thing uh, to see. because, And this is what they were talking about the podcast, about this episode. And it made me look it up. And so I found it on YouTube. And I think I put transgender breastfeeding or something like that. And I found this story of this couple. And it was the craziest thing because... So they're talking about it. And of course, Marisol, she's she's hilarious. But she's just like, that's crazy. Like, you're not a woman. You're not going to produce milk. And it's so true, y'all. Like, I I feel like everybody has the right to feel what, like whatever they want to feel like. If you want to feel like Dr. Seuss today, bitch, I need you to be Dr. Seuss. Because if that's how you really feel, I need you to really feel that. Because motherfuckers are walking around here with diabetes and we do not need this. We need you to be your true fucked up self. So I am all for that, right? But don't walk around lying to yourself either. I don't want you to have diabetes either, bitch. Like, at the end of the day... You are a biological male, so you will not be able to produce milk. You just can't do it. And so I respect the fact that you feel a certain way. But just because you feel something doesn't mean you are something. And that's not to diminish anybody or make anybody feel like they're less than. I respect 100% the way that you feel but at the end of the day, the biology is the biology and you can take as many hormones as you want. You won't. You're not a woman. The outside, the exterior looks more womanly, but the interior, what's going on in, inside of you has not changed. You are still, you're still male. And so it, it was just crazy to see this transgender female who was biologically male, tried to breastfeed a baby and start to cry because they couldn't produce milk. It was just, it was the weirdest thing that I saw. And as I'm watching it, I'm kind of thinking about my own situation. I'm about to have this baby and I'll be breastfeeding and it just made me appreciate being a woman even more. Like, I feel like there's days when I feel like, damn, if I was a man, this would be different or this would be easier. I wouldn't have to have a period and and fucking be on birth control. And like, I just kind of feel like women, we, we do do a lot. We said we sacrifice a lot, right? Like, even to be on birth control, like, why can't they just make birth control for men? Like, has anybody ever thought about that? Like, why do we have to take hormones or get these um, IUDs or whatever they're fucking called 
Um, why do we have to do all that? You gain weight, you stop your period stops, it causes all these causes all this damage in the future, like people are getting all kinds of cancers and shit and things are linked to fucking birth control and fibroids and all this fucking shit that we do, right? Just to be on birth control so that a man can please himself and he can just bust a nut inside of you like that's why we do it we do it so that men can have a good jolly old time because if it was up to me i wouldn't be on no fucking birth control i don't need it you know what i mean like i wouldn't i didn't want that but you do it so that you and your partner don't get fucking pregnant because you're not ready you know what i'm saying and so i think that we i I don't think we look at it like that we look at it like Oh, it's just something that we need to do. But no, it's like, why can't, why can't, as long as this medical bullshit has been around, you mean to tell me they couldn't come up with some motherfucking birth control for a fucking man? Like a pill that his stupid ass can take? Like, you really mean to tell me that? They can't give the motherfucker a fucking pill or a shot? Yeah, they can. They can. But men are very coddled in certain areas of society. And when it comes to sex, they get to be free and liber- liberated. And when it comes to women, we're the ones that have to make all the fucking sacrifice. So when you think about it, it's kind of like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and say things are unfair, but they're unfair, bitch. Like, why the fuck? Why the fuck do we have to be on fucking birth control just so these motherfuckers can have pleasure? I'm so sick of this shit. I just, I, I just can't. But it's crazy because you think about your role as a woman and you're about to, you know, give birth and how there's a lot of shit that's fucked up. But I will say that being able to have a baby, dude, that's uh that's some crazy shit right there, man. That gives me power because I can always be like, yeah, bitch, I'm the one that had your baby. I'm the one that carried your baby. Did you do that? Did you carry your baby? I don't fucking think so. When her little hands were trying to punch me, were you in there? Did you feel the hands, bitch? No, it's creepy. Okay. It's sickening. But at the end of the day, <laughs> At the end of the day, it is the coolest. It it really is the coolest thing. Um, it is a fucking trip because I'm the only one in this house that is feeling these crazy little kicks. These crazy. I feel like she's sticking the finger in there. I don't know what the fuck she's doing, but I'm feeling hands. I swear to God, I'm feeling hands. Maybe it's not hands. I'm tripping. Maybe I am tripping, but. It is the craziest fucking alien type shit that happens in your body. And then when you, and then when they're born, it's like, oh my God, like I made this. I fucking did this shit. And she's going to come out and she's going to be all crazy and shit. And then my husband's going to be looking at her like she's the most beautiful little thing that he's ever seen in his entire life. And guess who gave him that? Me. I fucking did that. And it's like as much as someone wants to take on the role of a woman, right? Who's not of the same sex. You really can't. You just can't. Like you can look more like a woman, but you're not a woman. You can feel like a woman, but you're not. 
a woman. And I can respect how you feel. I can respect that you connect more with being a woman. And I love that because I think that being a woman is pretty badass, right? But when it comes to the true biology, there are limitations on what you can do and what you can be. And having a baby is one of them. You just can't do that. Um, and it's and again, it's not to diminish the way that you feel, but feeling and being are two different things. And you can feel like a woman all you want, but you will never truly be a woman because of just because of the biology, the bi- biology, because of the way that you were made. And I can feel like a man. But I'll never be one, you know, I wasn't born one. And it was just, I, I, again, look it up on YouTube. I want y'all to watch it. It's, um, it's, uh, it's something that we're all probably going to feel very different about, you know, um, cause it's just one of those things, man, the, the, our, our world is changing. Society is changing. Things are changing. Um, I hate to say norms are changing cause I don't really think that we've ever really, like, like really had norms. We're all fucked up. <laughs> all of us are fucked up. Okay. Y'all, I don't even know what normal means. And I don't even think that in society we have, I mean, yeah, I guess we do have norms, but are any of us ever nor have ever been normal? No. We're all crazy. And that's why I can respect someone who's transgender, who wants to be a woman or wants to be a man. I get it. But there are certain things that will just never be. And being a human that can... Hold on, I'm going to drink some water. Mm. Being a human that can carry a baby is only something that a woman can do. And uh, it's pretty empowering. Um, And it's crazy. You just feel all of these things at one time. And it's, you know, it's, again, I respect everybody's feelings and what people want to be. But at the end of the day, you are what you are. And that's just our biology. Um, but I, again, everybody, y'all need to look that shit up. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Tell me what you think about it. But we are getting ready to get our day started. Go make some motherfucking juice. We are going to bust our asses until about three o'clock because that's when they're coming. And uh, I just want to say, you know, shout out to everybody who supports us, all my peoples. Um, I was even telling my husband the other day, I said, you know, babe, the hood really supports us. They really do. Because it is our hood peoples that come in there and spend money with us and are so happy to see us back. And we are so happy to see them. And it's just, it's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. And say a little prayer for us. 
like I've said before, my Aiden is was having some difficulties. We put him in private school because we thought that a smaller classroom setting would be helpful. Turns out it wasn't a smaller classroom setting. He still had about 20 kids in his class and it was just it was it was a lot for him to to handle. All the kids, the noise, the bells. And um and I was thinking the other day how Aiden had come home and his speech is limited even though it's gotten better and he's do he is communicating so much it's fucking amazing. Um, but I remember when we sent him to school with headphones, um, and they were like, they were kind of like the big rounded ones that go in your ear because my husband uses those to drown out the noise when he works in the refineries because it's so loud. So we're like, well, let's just use them for Aiden and he can take them out when the bells, when there's getting ready to be a fire, fire alarm, or the bell, because every hour at a Catholic school, the bells ring, right? And <clears throat> we were sending him to school like that, and I wasn't thinking anything of it. And I just remember he came into my room, and he walked up to me, and he started crying, and he hugged me. And I said, what happened? What what happened, baby? And he's like, I don't want to wear my headphones no more. And I said, why? Why? And he says that he said they laugh at me or something like that. And I'm telling you, his speech is limited. So for him to even be able to express that, I was like, it's just so heartbreaking. I was like, these motherfuckers, bitches. But he never wore them again. Right. But I was so glad that he was able to tell me, express to me what was going on, because when you have a child with autism, one of the things that they experience is uh, speech delay. And so conversations that I was having with Isaiah at four and five years old, I just could not do that with Aiden. Right. And so everything he tells me is in little increments, but for him to be able to express that to me, um, it was, it was a lot. And so I told my husband and he's like, okay, so we're not going to do that anymore. You know, but I, I was glad it was such a milestone for him to be able to communicate that to me. And so, the probably about, God, I think it was like February or March, I had to pull Aiden because he just, it was just too tough for him to handle such a big classroom, right? He's really smart though, y'all. He can count. He knows how to add. He knows how to subtract. And that reminds me, I need to start getting into that again with him just to kind of like refresh him, get him ready. But... There is a school that's super close to the Juice Caboose called Bayou Village School. And, of course, there's tuition. It's about $1,000 a month. So, you know, we're doing all of this in faith. Like, okay, Jesus, somehow we're going to be able to pay for this because Isaiah's still going to be in private school. Um, because I we applied for him to go to a different school called Christ the Redeemer. And I was told by the main office for the Catholic schools that they they can handle kids more, uh, kids like Aiden a little bit more. But I just got a phone call from them yesterday, the day before, that they don't think that they can accommodate Aiden. And I do not want him to go to public school because everybody that I've talked to who worked in the public school system said that children with autism, they don't know what to do with them. So they put them in special ed. 
and that it really is a life sentence. You know, Aiden is smart. He shouldn't be in special ed. But when you have a child in special ed, the school gets more funding for the state for the child in special ed versus the child in a regular class. And so let's, I'm just going to throw out a number. Let's say that funding for a, ch- a normal child every year is 1500 right, for the year. The state will give you that per child. Well, for a child in special ed, it's like 3000 3500 It's like double, okay, maybe even triple. And so there really is no incentive to get them out of special ed because of the extra funding that they get per child. And so he gets stuck in the special ed program in public school, and that I do not want for him. And so <clears throat> we applied for Bayou Village. It is literally walking distance from the Jews Caboose. When we were open, parents would come in all the time and they would say that it was Waldorf inspired. They literally have six kids per class. <laughs> so it would be amazing. And I think that it would be a good fit for Aiden because it's a smaller setting they are uh they focus more on the child's creativity um and i think it would be a place where he would thrive so we are applying and we're just keeping our fingers crossed hoping that he gets in and they understand because i was very forthcoming about his situation he is high functioning autism he struggled in a big classroom setting Um, but I think he'd be a good fit here. I mean, you're trying to like sell your child to a school when you're, when you're applying for places like this. So it's tough, man. Yesterday I had so much juice to make, but I had to stop and finish the application. So it kind of put us behind a little bit, but it's okay. We're going to catch up today and finish doing what we're doing. But everybody y'all say a little prayer. I really want him to get into this school. I think it's going to be a really good place for him, a place for him to really grow. Um, And they are, dude, all the teachers have come in and they're all so sweet. And they're also just, they're just, it's an amazing group of people, y'all. And so if you are interested in having a kid, your child attend, it's a Waldorf inspired school. It's different than Montessori. Um, just read up on it. It's It looks like something that's really beneficial to kids, especially when you want them to kind of tap into their creative selves. Um, they're always doing something cool. I follow them on Instagram and they are on Instagram, Bayou Village School. Um, and those kids were always doing something fun, y'all. Always doing something fun. And that's the way kids are meant to learn. Like, They're not meant to learn like the way we have them set up in a public school regular setting in your seat for hours like kids are meant to be up and playing and and being creative and when it's raining go outside with your rain boots and do your thing and and that is something that I was like man I just I I remember and I follow them on Instagram but I never thought that that would be a fit for Aiden um until now until we got our final like rejection so um And if that doesn't work out, well, guess who's going to be a homeschool teacher? Me. So keep your fingers crossed for us, y'all. Say a little prayer for us. And I'm going to say my little prayers for y'all. That y'all have an amazing week. Um, It is Wednesday. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be more consistent. 
shout out to everybody that listens. Thank you so much for your support. And don't forget to just be real with yourself, okay? Don't be one of these motherfuckers walking around with type 2 diabetes, okay? Liabetes is never good. It's never the answer. Be you, bitch. Just be you, okay? Shout out to all my ladies going to work, on their way, doing their thing, getting their hustle on. And shout out to all my motherfucking strippers because don't nobody work as hard as you in those motherfucking shoes. Peace out.